everybody. Welcome back to We and You, where we talk about the Kentucky Commission on Human Rights and a little bit about what's going on in our area. I am Terrence Sullivan. And I'm Brittany Cook. You should have rapped with Booker. From the hood to the holla. <laughs> and stop. Beautiful. <laughs> you better not be recording me right now. <laughs> I don't like you. (laughs) Yes, you do. Hmm. We're broadcasting from beautiful downtown Louisville here in the historic Hayburn building. everybody welcome back to we and you today's episode is an exciting one so exciting we have (laughs) terrence's sound effects and we also have our first guest coming on today hood to the holla (laughs) yes representative charles booker is going to be with us today and we are very excited so let's run with it see what he has to say You are listening to We and You here on Forward Radio 106.5 FM and forwardradio.org. I am good. I am trying to get this figured out. We are, it's the first time we're in this studio. So it's me and Brittany okay. here. And Hi. <laughs> hey, Brittany. Trying to figure out how to get all this to work. So you have to bear with me for a second as we kind of try to make this work although i am happy i could hear you because i've been fighting with it to be able to hear in the headphones okay. yeah so i hear you so that's I know, good i know all about that i know all about that <laughs> oh i'm sure you got a uh, a nice little taste of that on your world tour mm-hmm. the struggle yeah well um i know you are super busy um i did want to first thank you for taking time to do this this is uh our new new show we're trying to get really into this and moving out uh just some some positive space for people to talk Mm -hmm. about things that are going on and we were like who would be the best first guest we could think of and so obviously here you are yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's a great idea i love that you're doing it man yeah well you know we're all we're all trying to do our part as you like to say Mm -hmm. so this is Mm -hmm. ours (laughs) yep so, really what we wanted to just jump in and talk to you about was just some some things that, I don't know, we, we wanted to see kind of from your perspective how us working with the commission or really just some of the things going on around the state that you've heard, um, just to get that out there a little bit more and show people you know nobody's out there on their own we all have stuff going on and so one thing i wanted to start with with you is during your senate run you went around the state uh really around the country but around the state just hearing things that people were saying and seeing and 
you know, I was just curious, some of the types of things that people were sharing with you on that they were hearing or that they were facing out in their areas. Yeah, well, first of all, again, it's it's really good to be with you. You know, I'm every time I talk to you, I tell you how proud I am of you. And uh, <laughs> same, man. You know, I, yeah, man. I, I know it's mutual, brother. And Brittany, we love you too. <laughs> Thank you. I've only um, been fangirling over here for a little while, so it's <laughs> nice to hear that. So, so no, I'm I'm very excited about this platform, and I think you you raise a very important point. Um, that we really saw just in a, a very powerful way across Kentucky. Um, you know, I showed up in a lot of spaces, a lot of places where, um, you know, folks would advise, all right, Charles, you're, you're a black man, you're young, you're, you're from the, the West. Don't go there. Don't talk to those people. Right. They're, you know, and, and you know a lot about me. Like I'm going to very specifically go there, <laughs> and so, and so we so we did. And you know some of the things that really stood out to me uh, was this very um, very consistent sense of abandonment, frustration, you know, over quality of life, um, the feeling of being ignored. Um, I mean, there's there's just a and angst and it's not partisan um and it, it's very present regardless of you know geography or or even class um there's just a very broad consensus that people are frustrated they're feeling the sense of urgency right now and and you know i think we saw some of that evidenced in folks organizing and showing up in the in the state capitol mm -hmm especially teachers and public employees. Uh, many of those people, it was the first time they'd ever done something like that, but they felt like if they didn't act now, they were going to lose everything. And, um, you know, as industries decline, um, crumbling infrastructure, especially things like Internet, that was a big deal. And I'll tell you, Internet is crap in, in the West End of Louisville still. We, we, mm -hmm. That's one thing that we have um, immediately in common with places like Appalachia. And then health health issues. You know, I I talk often about being a type one diabetic and um, having to ration my insulin in the past because I couldn't afford it. And man, you it, it will. It's, I'm gonna take the rest of my life reconciling and, and like just taking in how many people poured out to me with tears in their eyes, telling me that they experienced similar stories and that they never felt like their life mattered or that that anything would change for them because they didn't think the people in leadership understood what they were going through. Um, and so those were some really common themes that um, I think ignited so much support for me as a candidate. And then our work now with Hood to the Holler and in partnership with leaders like you all at the commission, I think we have, we have the chance to build some new coalitions because people, they're ready. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think coalition building is the, the big play here. Um, as, as you see people protesting and people talking about their needs, and you, you just identified it in the start of what you were saying, that our problems aren't that different once you start actually listening to people. And I think, like your example about Internet, that's something you talk to people that aren't in Louisville, and they're like, oh, yeah, y'all y'all are good. You have that everything's good there but no that's it's, right. it's certain neighborhoods mm -hmm. that might have it 
That's yeah. right. <laughs> Terrence knows I, I live in Shelby Park uh, here in Louisville, and I complain yeah. about my internet constantly because you can't have two things going on my Wi-Fi at once. It, it's absolutely absurd, and I'm sure there's other areas that are even worse, and, and even cell phone range. I know when I go in the West End, um, I lose my cell phone range quite a bit, and I have a decent provider, so um, I can't yeah. imagine what that is for a lot of other people. Um, I did want to kind of update you. So our most recent episode was about protected classes and you mentioned class issues. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to speak on a little further what classes you're seeing um, right now, protected classes that are kind of crying out for help a little bit or, or at least trying to gather some more support. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we are at a a moment where you know, protest and demonstration um, as a theory is becoming a common practice for a lot of people that may not have done it before. Um, and and I, I started off by saying it that way because, you know, everybody, you know, you ask me which protected classes, like everybody mm-hmm. um, yeah. is is showing up like loudly and, and, um, and more consistent, there's like a, a, a sense of resolve, and as I said earlier, urgency. That again, it just lets me know that we can seize this moment and do things different because we have we have the opportunity to tap into this people power in a way that rivals like the civil rights movement, you know, um, and to see conversations around banning conversion therapy. Which it is, it's just mind blowing that we we still have to pass that legislation. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a co-sponsor on that at the state level, and Thank you, you know that. we're talking about it here in Louisville, and you know, and it's it's remarkable that we're there, but you know we still been talking about statewide fairness um, and the growing momentum with cities across Kentucky on that, um, and then you know women's agency as it's been very apparent. Um, and this is another one of those wedge issues that, you know, I've really wanted to dedicate my energy towards. Of, And instead of leaning into these wedges and accepting division, really elevating the common bonds and, and building coalitions to, to break through those silos. Um, and, and you see more of that now um, all across the board. And, and then, of course, you know, in the, Black community, brown community, you know, folks that have been marginalized for generations, you're seeing a new heightened sense of organization that is taking place. Um, that for me means that when you're hearing Brianna Taylor's name, you're hearing so much more. Mm-hmm. And and it is it's emanating all across Kentucky, all across the country. The whole country is watching us in this moment. And um, you know, I just said, I said this during the run, my run for Senate, that um, you cry out in the streets when you feel like you won't be heard any other way. Right. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it, you have to be in a place of desperation to go out into the public arena and cry out because you have to be very vulnerable to do that. And, you know, I think about those miners that stood on the tracks in Harlan County. They had to they stood on the tracks with their whole family. Mm-hmm. I went down and stood with them 
And you have to be at such a place of desperation to put yourself out there like that. And that's where the people of Kentucky are, and that's where people across the country are. I, uh, about two weeks ago, I went and t- talked to some kids or some students at Midway, uh, Midway University, and we started talking about the need for protest and how some mm-hmm. people are painting protest as this un-American, dangerous thing. And some, I was very inspired by some of the students who were like, no, if you... If, if you've been asking or saying something was a problem for years and nothing happened, you have to escalate it to get some attention to that. And I was I was very inspired that it was these college students who are they're, they're leading the charge now and they they know and they're, they're ready to get out and work. And so I was very, very inspired by that. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like when we talk about you know how much the community is coming together now, too, we have all of these little grassroots organizations popping up and and attempts to garner more support for the community. But I also do want to acknowledge some concerns with that in terms of splitting resources. And and Mm -hmm. I didn't know if you guys had anything that you would want to speak on with that, being in the positions that you all are in on what that could look like, because coalitions mean coming together, right? Not splitting up and trying to do all of our own things all the time. Um, granted, a lot yeah. of people are doing that because they're so used to that independence and that need to have to do it on their own. So, so how do we bring people back together? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's have that conversation. Um, and and you, you really, with your question, you scratched the surface. Um, and I know we don't have like unlimited time to really <laughs> dig into that. She's but a therapist, are, so she's were, good at that. You were talking <laughs> about some critical dynamics of... Um, you know, territory, um, gatekeeping, mm-hmm. um, pain and the potential um, exploitation of it. Um, you're talking about a lot of things that in a you know in a community like mine that, you know, we've dealt with for generations. Because whenever there is, you know, a moment of pain and trauma, there's always an opportunity to, um, you know, build power out of it and you could build power that uplifts people or you could build power that you know sort of feeds within yourself you know but now you know i think in 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 louisville and in kentucky for instance with brianna taylor and folks that are crying out for justice like there is this dynamic of understanding what community means and how we can work together and how we can you know build our collective power um which means that we have to see the bigger work um, and not be so consumed with our territory that we, we stunt progress, you know, overall. And, and, and I say all that understanding, like the complexities of it, right. um, because everybody that shows up in these spaces to do the work does not have the best of intentions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those of us that are on the ground that, you know, that do this stuff day in, day out, year in, year out, are like acutely aware of folks that that come in with seeming good intentions, but are not actually looking to build power in the community, but are looking to, you know, build a name for themselves or, um, you know, secure resources for their, themselves and their work. And a lot of nonprofits deal with that. You know, I, I think organizations, especially as a nonprofit, 
I believe the goal is to work yourself out of business. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of folks don't do that. So um, (laughs) how do we get more read? Stay tuned for more radio from the people, by the people, here on your grassroots community station, WFMP Louisville. We are independent, not-for-profit, listener-sponsored, volunteer-powered community radio, and we rely on your contributions to stay on air. Please go to forwardradio.org, click participate to get behind these microphones, and click donate if you like what you're hearing and want to help sustain it. Consider sponsoring an entire day's broadcast with a gift of just $20 to Forward Radio. (laughs) (laughs) And you see see how, how, you know, careful I am of being here, but... Um, with my organization, uh, Hood to the Hollers, a C4, what I always want to do is be an asset. I want to be a part of the solution. I'm not the answer. I'm not the solution. But I'm a part of it with y'all. You know. And so what I saw as a void that I can play a part in, and, and one, we got to remember there's plenty of work to do. So this whole idea of territory, we got to be able to reconcile that. Cause right. No, no one organization, one person can do all the work that needs to be done. Snaps. That said, <laughs> there's still a void um, that I believe we need more people leaning in on. And it's not programming. It's not scope uh, of, of work as it relates to initiatives. But it's more about activating and engaging people that get left out of all of those conversations. Um, my campaign for U.S. Senate was really about speaking to those forgotten places and lifting up their voices, letting them tell their own story instead of it being narrated about them by some outside interest that don't know what they're talking about. And Hood to the Holler really is a way to lean into that. To say we want to train people to be organizers, citizen lobbyists, run for office boards, commissions, um, be able to talk about issues that uh, emanate around poverty, which in a holistic sense touches everything, um, through the lens of building these coalitions across racial and geographical divides, like if we can activate more people to plug into the work that exists, if we can activate more people to be the creators of the things that are missing, come to the table or build a new table or flip the table over, <laughs> we can, we can lead for the change that, that we need. So, you know, I, I am myself trying to, and, and we're doing partnership with a lot of organizations that show up in these spaces and say, we, we have to do this stuff together. We got to come together. Um, and, and it's possible and it is happening, but it's not easy. No, it's definitely not easy. And there, there is that, the gatekeeping that we have to try to circumvent and also that need or that feeling that people want to build their own self up by participating in some of this work. And so you have to be careful with, who mm-hmm. who you work with and how you work with them. Um, you mentioned two things that I wanted to to go back to. One thing that you said that I probably going to steal it and make it the title of this episode: um, "Power Out of Trauma." Um, mm-hmm. I, I really like that. But one type of trauma that people maybe they're starting to understand that this is uh, that it is trauma is poverty. And yeah. I kind of wanted to gauge your thoughts on poverty in relation to discrimination or just really something that's how it affects people and how they're perceived and how they perceive themselves, but also just anything that people may not even think about when they're reflecting on what poverty looks and feels like. Because I know 
I know personally what it's like, and I know that you do, and I know you know yeah. there are people who would listen who might, but just your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, I think that we're we're at a place where it requires us to tell the truth, um, and you know, poverty has one. You typically don't hear a lot of our leaders talk about poverty. I mean, they'll talk around it, you know, talk at it, um, but not really dig into it. And you very rarely hear people that are pursuing elective office, like, make that central. And, like, for me, it would be pointless to be in public service if I'm not committed to ending poverty and uprooting structural racism. Right. If I'm not going to do those things, everything else is just sort of tinkering around the edges and allowing them the the heart of this these challenges to persist and you know i i believe that and to your point you know if if we can begin to shine the light that poverty is a holistic issue that is a policy choice that it is it is central to public safety it is central to quality health um it is central to environmental um, justice um, it, it's it's central to our our justice system in terms of how we criminalize poverty uh, which is a very present fact in Kentucky especially considering our incarceration rates which you know are, are some of the highest on the planet especially as it relates to women and right. so I think what we we got to do the work of like busting it out of the silo um, and, you know, people think that they can talk about education over here and then talk about poverty and they can talk about, um, you know, food and access and then talk about poverty. No, poverty touches all of that stuff. And um, until we can prioritize it and treat it like um, like something that we want to end as opposed to something that we have to tolerate, um, then, you know, we're going to keep dealing with generation after generation being weighed down by it and i you know like you said we we come from that it is traumatic it, it like it gets ingrained in your dna it it shapes your worldview um it limits your ability to um to fully develop in a lot of ways um it is directly tied to mental health i mean the same elements of ptsd um you can see in communities that are suffering from um, extreme poverty and suffering from overt um, and very systemic racism. And, and we got to talk about that stuff, yep. man. We got to lean into it. We you, do. And and I remember following your, your post-election rally, I believe you said something along the lines of, we, we understand the why now, right? Like so many times when a problem comes up, people ask why immediately. And we, and we have that answer. But now it's how. How do we move past this? How do we build and work through it? And how do we do better? Mm-hmm. And, and I think part of that, uh, to move that a little forward, is a question for you, is how can, A, community partners, how can they get invested in moving some of this work forward? And then us specifically at the commission or with this show, um, how can we work with you and your organization on helping just get some of that awareness out there, make some change happen uh, show that through line in poverty and every other area in life. You know, one of the first things and most important things we have to do is we, again, we got to tell the story. Like we, we actually have to reshape how we talk about these, 
these issues. So, for example, with uh, Hood to the Holler, we're doing a massive enfranchisement push. And I'm calling it that because, you know, Kentucky's been one of the most disenfranchised states. And, we were the most. But, we can, we can, we can but, say it. We were the most. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the, you know we've, we've been, like, fighting to maintain that title for a long time. And, you know, the, the reality is, though, there are a lot of organizations that push on registering voters. And, but we got to tell the whole story. We got to tell, we got to explain and uplift the truth on why, uh, one, why disenfranchisement exists, why communities have been stifled and blocked from voting, why suppression exists, and how enhancing and strengthening the access to the ballot box directly ties to end of poverty. Because if you see communities that are that are suppressed, that have low turnout, you are going to also see a community that is suffering from lack of access to resources, um, lack of all the negative indicators of a good quality of life, social determinants of health. You're going to see them layered over the areas where people don't have a lot of political power. Right. Or they haven't, and, and it has been activated. And so, so we're registering voters. Our aim is 50,000 Kentuckians, particularly focused on formerly incarcerated individuals who got the rights restored. Um, we're, we're doing that work to talk about the deeper impact of ending poverty by lifting the voices of people that are most affected. And I think organizations um, can do their part by helping to, let's start to break these silos out. You know, everybody has a scope that they're focused on. How does it tie to ending poverty? We all got to ask that question and then we all have to be accountable to it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm definitely trying to lead by example in that. So one thing Brittany and I have started doing on these shows is at the end, we like to remind people to, to vote or register to vote or volunteer to be a poll worker. And so if people wanted to get in touch with you all doing that work, um, where can we get that information? Is it up on your website or? It is. It is. Um, so the website is hood to the holler dot org. I got to get y'all some T-shirts. Oh, uh, for sure. Yes. Uh, we do have a merch store. Everybody that's going to be listening in, uh, definitely get your hat, your shirt. We're getting masks. We're going to have yard signs. Um, so definitely go there. But also, if you want to help in our voter registration push, we're organizing schools across Kentucky. Um, we lean into this model called relational organizing. And... I'm pushing to have more people that are running for office to do this. But we need we need this across the board. It is a way of helping people activate the folks that they are around. Right. Um, so we're training people to do that. Um, you can plug in with us there. And, of course, make sure you go to Go Vote KY. I know you all are going to explain tell everyone that. <laughs> if you request your ballot, if you need any, if you got any uh, issues, you need any help, go to the hollers. There will be a resource as well. Um, and then you can follow me on social media. All my handles for the organization are Hood to the Holler. My personal uh, handles, which, you know, I make a lot of news on there, too, is Booker for ky All right. So I know I know you have a lot to do and you're 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 busy out here solving the world's problems. But two more questions for you. Um, the first one is a little bit more serious, but just wondering if there's one thing that running for Senate taught you. Um, what, what, what did, what is that? What is something people should know? And then the last one, which I think I can guess the answer on this one. If you, 
what what superpower would you like to have? <laughs> oh goodness, man, that's a question. Now that has evolved for me over the years. Um, I I used to want to be invisible. Um, now I want to fly. Okay. You know, because that'll that'll save me a lot of logistical challenges getting across. <laughs> that was that was actually my guess for you is fly, so you can be able to be all around where you need to be yeah. and be heard. And yep. Make things happen. Yeah. You, you know, you know me, man. Yeah, no, we, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get some Superman energy going. Um, you know, the one thing I learned from the campaign in this run for Senate that a lot of people advise don't do. Um, a lot of people doubt it, and to see so many of them come back and say, "Oh, I was so wrong. This was so needed. You were right. Kentucky is ready." Uh, one of the, the biggest takeaways that I learned that I would love to share with everyone that that I get to speak with is shine your light. Be be your authentic self and that it's okay. Um, and in Kentucky very specifically, that if you do that, you can build unlikely coalitions and you can change the narrative and you can... Um, you can show a new way of leadership and, and that, you know, if we do that from a place of love um, and compassion that you can win. Um, I believe it just from my faith, you know, what I was taught, but to see it happen where I would go into places where I'm the only black person and, and my message does not change. So I'm going to talk about the same things, but to listen to them share my story and be vulnerable and then them share theirs and we would always see how much we have in common and I felt I felt like my humanity mattered mm. and I actually said that in my last uh, my last speech which ended up being like a concession speech uh, we didn't realize it then because the election results were still coming in <laughs> but we had our election night celebration which was so incredible I had never seen anything like it that it was but, beautiful <laughs> But, you know, in the end, I, I was just yelling out, thank you for seeing me. And I want everybody to feel that. And so I just, if we can all shine our light and, and be ourselves and speak our truth, um, you know, I think we can make Kentucky everything that we know we deserve it to be. That, man, that's See, I don't, I don't know what to say right now. I, Powerful yeah, over here. I, I wish you could see uh, Brittany right now. You had the little, chills. The, the therapist over here lighting up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I I, I will say um, from someone who has has watched you and followed you and known you, you definitely have been seen. You've been heard. There are people who, to this day, I know, are very impacted by what you stand for and what you've done and. I don't know. I think I just wanted to make sure you hear that because it's, it's you've you've been needed, and we are so grateful that you are here. Um, I know you have a lot to do today, and I'm you know I'm thankful that you jumped on with us. I'll let you let you get back to that, but I just want to again thank you uh, for people who didn't hear the beginning. This is State Representative Charles Booker, who is you know a friend of mine, and I'm just very excited that he would join us on our 
our first live or our first interview. It's not live. <laughs> well, it, it can't be. It's it's live to us. It's, it's live to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I I appreciate it, and I you know we'll link up soon and get our t-shirts and hood to holler masks so we can wear them around Louisville. Absolutely. Thank you Terrence, so much. Thank you, brother Brittany. I I look forward to seeing you soon. Since I couldn't see you this time. <laughs> yes, same. Thank you same. both. All right, thanks, man. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about our conversation with Representative Charles Booker. For those of you just tuning in, you're listening to We and You with Terrence and Brittany here at 106.5 FM Forward Radio. So, Brittany, what's your, your first thought of the conversation? What's the first thing that stands out to you? I think the first thing that stands out to me is the the discussion of power um, and of trauma. You know, we've talked before about needing to see what it takes to help heal people of their experiences with discrimination and the oppression that they have to deal with whenever they come from poverty, whenever they come from being a minority minority race or a marginalized class. So to me, I feel like this just continues to offset ongoing conversations that we've had and continued conversations that need to be had on how we can work together to help each other because healing is not a straight road, right? Like there's no one way for it to happen. So the only way that I can see that we can assist in bringing that forth is by seeing what is it going to take for each person to have space at the table to say, hey, this is what I need, and this is how you could help, and let's meet each other in the middle. I think for me, the the conversation or the and you kind of got to it, the notion of power out of trauma. I, w- I really like that. Um, I've, you know, I've talked to him before and he said something similar, but just the, the phrasing of that, I really like. I started to say that should be a, a slogan, but then I realized the acronym it would be, and I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't, can't, we can't that. do that. We, we can, can't do that. We can, we can do something else with it, but just the concept of, um, I, I think a lot of, people talk about resiliency and that type of grit and all those words that mean you were able to overcome things that you maybe didn't need to, um, that, or that you shouldn't have had to be for, to face that. But I think to identify it as power Mm -hmm. is, is a, a very accurate and moving way to do it, to, to categorize that. And I think, Right now, especially, that we have people who are starting to feel like they can voice their need to be heard or seen or understood, that you can also say, this is where my power comes from. And that's something that I think is important to me. Um, I, I, it, it really is something that resonated with me that I think people should hold on to, is that there are things going on 
there are things that you're facing, but you can you can overcome it, you can be stronger for it, and then you can use that as a platform to help others who are like you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm glad that we got to that point. I wish, I wish we had more time, obviously, just because that's, that's the way it always goes. We'll have to ask for him to come back. It's okay. I yeah. think, he, I think he might come back. Yeah, I think he might. I know a guy. We're, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're kind of likable. Yeah, well, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Um, no, so, like, when we're talking about that, and I kind of just touched base on it as well, you know, when people find the power that comes from having their voice heard, what happens when they attach to that power and start to get extra protective of it, right? Like we talk about the need to have space for people's voices, but we're talking about people that have gone through quite a bit and are not trusting of the process and are not often trusting of the people that are here to represent them. And they're looking to just represent themselves a lot of times. So how do we help engage them in working toward doing that in a way that allows their power to still shine, but also offers space for others still? I'm not really, I'm not sure, just because it's so many, there's so many variables in Mm -hmm. that. And I think for... Overall, or a comprehensive catch-all, um, I think it's helping people identify where their power is and what it, what their powers are. Strengths-based. <laughs> yes. Talk to the therapist in me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, identifying where you, where you're strongest and then finding where there's a complementary piece to you mm-hmm. that what you're bringing to the table, I think, is, is important. And so... Like for me, I am a thinker. I some would say overthinker. I think the person. <laughs> yeah, I, you agree. I'm sure. Um, and I can think through an action plan. I can think through possible scenarios of things that might happen. I can help you plan out your course of action. Um, where I'm not the strongest probably is, depending on what that course of action is. If it's something that I don't feel I'm the best person to carry it out, then I am very quick to say, oh, you got this. You're good. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I'd rather it be successful and carried out the way that it was planned than try to take the credit or whatever for how it comes out. And, or not how it comes out, but how, how the process plays out. Because I want the best outcome possible. And Mm -hmm. if I don't feel like I'm the person to get to that best outcome possible, if there's somebody, I don't know. I think of it like a, I've used basketball as a metaphor on here before. It's okay. We can (laughs) use it again, but we're in Kentucky. We, we kind (laughs) of like basketball just a little bit. So if the goal of the goal, haha, um, (laughs) if the plan is to, score and get two points cool that makes sense we all Mm -hmm. want to get two points or three depending on you know 
from downtown. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. If I want to get two points, there are multiple ways to get two points. You can shoot two free throws. You can shoot a two. You can lay up, dunk, whatever. The surest way is probably a dunk because you're right there. Uh, very little margin of error there. I might make the game plan to get two points, but if I have a seven-footer who can jump higher than me and they have, you know, that height over me, I'm going to say you do it because you have a higher likelihood of success. You'll do it better than I would. I don't really care about if I'm the one who got the points because our team got the points, and that's what I wanted. And so for mm-hmm. me, I think in in this space, it's identifying what you have as a goal and then where are you strong? Where's somebody else strong? How does that play together? And I think that's something that people need to do and be more cognizant of is identifying your strengths and how that who complements you. I love that. So <laughs> let me throw that back at you. What is your strength? I already said making plans. No. <laughs> I and thought you thinking. were gonna say two pointers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I was younger, it was dunks. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I I do think my my strength, Demi, in this this space, I guess. In uh, so, in tackling discrimination, because you know that's what that's what you do, right? Like in your main day to day job, in your forever ongoing work right now, <laughs> right? So, in tackling discrimination, what would you say is your strength? My strength right now, I would say, is my passion. And mainly because that passion is informed by experience. Mm -hmm. And it's informed by things that I've faced it myself, um, things that I've seen others face, and my desire to make sure that doesn't happen to people, or if it does, that there's some type of recourse. And so that's that's my strength. and I then want to be to identify my complementary pieces, um, and that's kind of where you come in. <laughs> hey. Um, and I'm same thing to you. What do you think is your strength? Um, I would say resourcefulness. We we've talked about this before a little bit, and you know I have grown up in a wave of different issues that have come and gone. So I've not had a consistency in life in one way or another. And so throughout those waves, I've had to pull resources. And sometimes that meant I had a lot of resources and sometimes meant that I had to manipulate some resources to make them actually work for me. Um, And manipulate, you know, is a word that some people think, oh, that's so negative. It's not right. Like this is what we have to do to meet our needs sometimes. And manipulation should not be a bad word. As long as it's being used in a way that offers people hope and offers them healing and offers them care that they need, the help that they need, right? Not not in a way that harms other people. Yeah, as long as it's not as at the expense of other Never people. Never at yeah. the expense <laughs> of other people. So Yeah. You heard it here first. Brittany endorses manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think that's right and I think I can attest that you are very resourceful, um, and Thank you know you. how you know how to Google anything I need to do. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> just... 
Even if someone's trying to tell you and you can save time by listening. <laughs> look, look. That's why I didn't say that, you know, independence is a strength because sometimes <laughs> it falls in line with stubbornness and that's not always a strength oh, for me. I guess I could have done Webby. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-D-E. Maybe. I don't know if we're going to have to edit that out. We might be going in line with some copyright issues. It wasn't long enough. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Although we could sing that song with different words and we're fine. That's true. Yeah. It's a good episode of 30 Rock. It is. I just watched that like last week. I've been doing a rerun of all the episodes and that definitely popped up. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I was like, I wish I could do that. I mean, my partner would say that I do that all the time. I'm always making up the words of songs because I don't know the actual words. I don't think that's the same if you don't know the actual words. Mm, Maybe not. (laughs) I'm more of a beats girl. It's okay. Oh, you are? Let's hear some. No, <laughs> that's not going to happen. We already have your sound effects. We don't need mine. Uh, just for people who are listening, I've been trying for... Five years? Yeah. <laughs> Five one, years. One of these days, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear Britney beatbox. <laughs> mm, maybe not. Well, yeah. Fly on the wall type of moments there. Probably not. <laughs> anyway, um, back to the conversation with Charles. Um, I... I think one thing that he touched on that I think doesn't get much coverage is some of the gatekeeping in spaces trying to do good work. Um, and there are a lot of organizations that are trying to do good work. There are some a lot of nonprofits trying to do good work. Um, now would be a good time to remind you <laughs> um, that, I guess, this week, this week. Yeah. It is. Week. It yeah. is. What's this week? This week is Give for Good Louisville. <laughs> uh, so the the actual date for Give for Good, it's usually a 24-hour event is September 17th. But um, because of some of the things that have happened with the pandemic, they wanted to expand outreach. Uh, so if you are listening to this before September 17th, you can actually go ahead and go online and donate. Um, you can find a link to that at forwardradio.org up at the top of the page. Click on Give for Good. And if it's after the 17th and you still want to give to some good causes, hit us up. We got you. <laughs> uh, but but back to what I was getting at with the gatekeeping. One thing that has been a struggle for me, and it, it's something that I, I, I've voiced to you before, is I know how much I care about doing the work. I know how much you care about it. And for me, given my example a minute ago, I don't really care if it benefits me personally at all. I don't want any accolades or recognition or fame or any of that crap. But for some people, that's part of it, and that gets in the way of some of the work that people are trying to do. And... How do you think we can address that in our local space, at least? So one thing that I love with Hood to the Holler is that, you know, Representative Booker is out there literally working to activate people. So he's offering a space to say, hey, 
if you're interested in X, Y, and Z, come learn more, come get some training and come see how you can take that love and that passion, right? Like if we're looking for other people like you, Terrence, that have a strength of passion and to move forward with it so it can really mean something and have an impact on the Commonwealth. And to me, that's beautiful because there are a lot of organizations that are looking at working on specific areas of need, but there's not too many spaces where someone can say, hey, I want to do this and then actually have the resources available to learn how to take that and run with it. No, I think you're right. And hopefully um, one thing we can do here um, be it through our office or through the show is connect people who are trying to do good things and do good work. And so hopefully, um, as we, as we progress and as we get a little, a little bigger, um, that we can offer that space. Our, our first show was about creating spaces. It and was. It seems like so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> But we talked about creating spaces, and that's another thing we want to try to do is create, continue to create spaces and enable people and empower people to do some of the work that they want to do and maybe offer advice on resources. You know, we have misresourcefulness over here, um, but offer resources by way of connections to other people who we've heard from who may want to do some of that same work. And so that's... That's one one hope I have for us and what we're doing. You know, it's beautiful. When I think about this conversation right now and what we're promoting for people, um, I'm realizing that that's actually how we met. It is. It is. That's funny. Yes. So uh, for those of you that don't <laughs> know us, uh, Terrence and I met five years ago in 2015 at um, an institutional training for progressives across the state that wanted to learn how to do more and how to be more involved with the Commonwealth. So I think that's kind of cool to come back around full circle a little bit and, and to be able to promote that to other people at this point. Um, and also of course, as I'm saying this, um, if you do want to get involved with the Kentucky Commission on Human Rights, we definitely could use some volunteers. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and if, if if you want to do that, come help us out in some way. Um, you can reach out to us. Um, mm-hmm. Go on to our website at, I should know this off my head, but kchr.ky.gov. Oh, it was in Jinx. If we're jinxed together, do we just have radio silence? How does that work? Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but on, but for real, if people want to reach out, um, yeah, you can contact us through our website and say, hey, we're interested in helping out. We're going to be part of the part of the solution in that way. But there are also multiple different places that are doing really good work, and we want to make sure that if anything from hearing our conversation earlier or in listening to us or whatever you do, that you realize that there are spaces that are probably doing something that you're passionate about. And if you can, if you want to find them, um, they should be easy to find, but if they, 
aren't, um, we would be happy to help people locate where they can contribute their strengths. Um, and coming full circle, um, as we start to wrap up, um, is a lot of people who are motivated to do something, who are very passionate, like I am, like you are, like Representative Booker. I, it's hard for me to say that. Sorry, people. I've, it, <laughs> I, I always say Charles, sorry. Um, but one thing that drives people who are very interested and in, are passionate about something is their own experiences and some of the things that they faced because they have that desire to not make not let it happen again mm-hmm. and I think coming full circle that's where that power out of trauma really shows through is it shows up in your superpower of wanting to do something more and make a difference and so that's where a lot of us are and it's as Brittany has said three times today it's beautiful <laughs> that people will want to commit themselves to doing good things. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you. (laughs) Sometimes I can do something right, I guess. (laughs) You got this. Um, Before we wrap up, uh, I don't know if Brittany wanted to give everyone the reminder of our civic duties that we can participate in this November. You know, those elections are coming around. And um, again, with things happening with the pandemic, those have been expanded. Uh, So the initial elections for the general election this year, instead of waiting until November 3rd, will begin on October 13th at your local polling stations. Um, You can check those out online with the Secretary of State. So I think that's sos.ky.gov. It is. Um, And you can also go online at govotekentucky.gov. And, oh, no, I apologize. That's Go Vote Kentucky. Hold on. Go Vote KY. Go Vote KY.com. We got this. Go Vote (laughs) KY.com to make sure that you are registered to vote and that you get your ballot. And for those who are able and willing, you can also sign up to volunteer to be a poll worker. Brittany and I have done it. Yes, yes. Go ahead and send over a message to your local circuit court. No. County clerk. I'm going to get this right at some point. (laughs) (laughs) It's Friday afternoon, y'all, and I am tired. (laughs) So with that, we are going to wrap up um, today's episode. (laughs) And as always, thank everyone for listening. Thank you. And we will see you next week. That's a wrap. In the lead-up to the most important election of our lifetimes, we urge you to consider supporting Forward Radio during Louisville's one-day mega-fundraising event of the year. Forward Radio's community-connecting, democracy-defending programming is more important now than ever before, and we need your support to help us pry open that fast-shutting door of media in the public interest. On September 17th, donate at giveforgoodlouisville.org, Search for Fellowship of Reconciliation and tell your friends to do the same.